everyone. Welcome back to Coffee with a Shot of Cynicism. I'm Eleni. I'm Jeffrey. And today we are discussing episode 14 of season 5, Say Something. I'm giving up on you. <laughs> no. Oh, I, was gonna, I was even going to ask you, what com- what pop culture reference comes to mind when you say say something? That song is terrible. I know it's terrible. I'm just saying what comes to mind. I mean, it didn't come to mind until you said it. Okay, so what comes to mind? <laughs> something isn't that a movie probably but sure let's go with that (laughs) it's a bad question for me but it's in reference to Lorelai watching herself not say anything after Luke says he's all in yeah and she's very mad at herself and she's like say something oh lord yeah Um, I have a lot lot of thoughts on this (laughs) yeah well this episode is a little um it's the aftermath of the wedding of the vow renewal, whatever. Um, it's very Lorelai Luke centric. Yes. Um, I would argue a little bit more Lorelai centric than Luke centric. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is as far as aftermath episodes go, because I'm like the vow renewal ended on a cliffhanger. Yeah. For me at least. And it wasn't the best aftermath episode. <laughs> No, I find it was very, like, it was very Lorelai heavy, as you said. And not that we needed much of Luke's perspective, but I find they do try to sprinkle in a bit more of Luke in the next episode. But it's still largely centered around Lorelai's perception. Yeah, I think it's also, so as a viewer, as a as a television viewer in general, not just Gilmore Girls, but as a television viewer in general, there's always the sense that when your favorite couple gets together, something's going to go wrong. It can't just be smooth sailing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so having this be the moment where everything goes wrong felt fitting for what had just taken place at the vow renewal, but yeah. kind of felt rushed. Yeah, this episode is very choppy. Like, obviously, when you we we have made clear that it's very different watching for pleasure versus watching for the podcast, and this is mm-hmm. this is a good up this is a good episode that displays that dichotomy because I was like, is this a filler episode? Not much is happening, and then there's stuff that does happen. It's like, okay, all right. I mean, I don't I don't think it's a filler episode, but I definitely think it's more. It's not plot driven. It's character driven. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that doesn't make for the best television. I mean, I still think there's great moments in this episode, but um, with a show like Gilmore Girls, sometimes you need you need something. Even with the filler episodes, you need you need some kind of plot line. And yeah. this plot line was a lot of Lorelai waiting around and talking about her feelings, um, and you know, being depressed in bed. And that's not what we come to expect from Gilmore Girls. No, and even if it, but even if it was, let's say, like, let's say this is a, this is something that Lorelai has done before. We've seen this. We've you know we've we've seen this movie before, and we know how it ends. I don't know. To me, it's just I'm not gonna say unnecessary. It's just a little, a, a, a smidge melodramatic. Yeah, it was a little melodramatic this episode for sure. And I I know it's to emphasize the the gravity of Luke and Lorelai's relationship, but I just feel like it they could have toned it down a little. Like, it, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. So I also think 
so I think what we're we're both referring to is the scene where she's in bed. Yeah. <laughs> and um like she's crying and she cannot be consoled and Rory's trying and Suki's trying but nothing's working. Um so I'm with you. I think they did it because you're like, oh this is like her one true love, you know, like <laughs> this is obviously bad. We're we're bad. Um but part of me was also very annoyed because I'm like this is not you. And but that's the thing I want. That's what that's part of what I want to say about it because, like Rory says, it's not it's not you. Suki implies that it is not like her, and it's and Lorelai herself even says at the end of the episode upon retrieving the cassette tape from Luke's answer machine because she left this deranged message. Yeah, um, we she even message. says this is this is not me. I'm not this kind. I'm not this girl. And I'm like. Clearly, you are, and not, I don't mean that in a, in a bad way, because you know, I'm I'm not one to 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 you know look down on feeling your feelings. Believe me, but I think constantly having to say like this is not you, this is not mom, this is not Lorelai. Um, clearly, it is. Like I think the implication when you say this is not you is you're implying that a there's a bad thing being like this, and okay, yeah, because you had a commitment at the end with a child's doll's tea party. That oh, you completely just, but like you completely just blew off a com a work commitment to stay yeah, in bed yeah. and cry. And I don't know, maybe I maybe I myself have had too much therapy at this point. <laughs> but I'm thinking to myself like, no, like red flag. Like to like my therapist even said to me, it's like, well, you know, your depression and anxiety hasn't gotten to a point where you know you 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 miss work or school because you can't get out of bed. I'm like, true, but so Lorelai is. I'm like, okay, well then, you know what? Here's my doctor's number, Lorelai. <laughs> Well, kudos to you because my depression and anxiety have gotten that bad. Okay. <laughs> um, but congrats. Super happy for you. Congrats. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's the implication that it's bad that she's like this. I mean, she... So we know that Lorelai is pro-wallowing. Yeah. Because she encourages Rory to do it. Um... But I think, so for me, when Rory's telling her, like, this isn't you, mm -hmm. I don't think she was saying it, like, implying that it was a bad thing. I think she was just probably, I think it was more she was worried because she's seen her mother go through so much mm -hmm. and never crack like that. Yeah. Um. You know, she's been in way worse pickles than a breakup before. Mm -hmm. So... So for me, I didn't get the implication that Rory was like judging her when she was like, this isn't you. It was more of like coming from a place of worry. Yeah. And after growing up with a mother who's been so strong all this time and like hasn't cracked under pressure to see her kind of break down the way she did. That mm -hmm. There's like a gravity to that, you know. And not to be a bitch, but. <laughs> <laughs> um. Of all the things, in the world, and, and you know, let's they could say, you know, this was just the straw that broke the camel's back. All the stuff that Lorelai has had to deal with in her life, all the hardships, like this, this was just the the final tip of the iceberg that made her melt down. I don't know. To me, I'm like, really, this is this this is what we choose to break down over. Yeah. So, like in my notes, I wrote a bunch of things that Lorelai could have broken down over over the years. Okay. Good. That would have made more sense than like a breakup. Please share. Um. Okay. Paying for Chilton or Yale. Yeah. 
the termites in her house and not being able to get a loan. Yeah. Breaking off her engagement. Mm hmm Christopher leaving her at the wedding. Mm hmm I don't know, having a kid at 16 and living in a shed. Yeah. So that's that's also like a facet I find of Lorelai's kind of emotional uh stabi stability, I guess for lack of a better word, her emotional state, um, her headspace, because we obviously were at the beginning of this at the beginning of the series, we were meant to assume that she hadn't dated anyone from the time she was 16 when she had Rory until she started seeing Max, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, unless, and like, they, they never peppered in other references later on that like, oh, she also saw, like casually saw this person when Rory was seven. Like, no, she didn't date at all until Rory was in Chilton and she met Max. So, well, I think there's an implication that she's gone out on a few dates while Rory was growing up, but nothing serious. Okay, so like, let's say something casual, like just, you know, cutesy little stars hollow date didn't go any further because she has a kid that's but you know for argument's sake let's say that happened but i think in general the before she like said she like max jason and then luke let's say those were her three like big big adult relationships after having a kid at 16 would mm -hmm. you agree like okay so yeah. let's say that let's say that and obviously luke was the one that meant the most because they've both pined after each other for so long um, we've 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 talked a lot in the past about how um, Lorelai obviously didn't grow up in a conventional way. Had to find, you know, had to basically raise herself to to adulthood from sixteen, as yeah. was as was her choice, and that's what she needed in from from life. Um, but I think in the long run, she she knew how to, like she knew how to parent her daughter, but she didn't know how to parent herself, and that's very common, obviously, with single mothers. And people who, uh, and, you know, women who have children very young. I'm not going to speak for people who have had that situation, but I, and I do know it is common. And I don't know. To me, Lorelai, like Lorelai, having this break, this final, this big final breakdown over this relationship with Luke and how she messed everything up. To me, what stands out are two things: is the first is how she's very like she's very hard on herself like it's all her fault like the town is picking sides like everything that has happened as a result of this blow with luke is is her fault she caused it, it was her family her mother her her baby daddy her sperm donor as you call him um so there's that there's that weight on her chest and the other big part of it is she's just she's she doesn't know how to like she doesn't know how to handle this she doesn't like she's she's known how to raise her daughter from nothing how to fill in the blanks as she's gone and she, she did a she did a damn good job as any Gilmore Girls fan can attest with what mm -hmm. she was given but she didn't always like she didn't know how to do that for herself she didn't and she didn't always have reason to you know maybe maybe she, she dated casually in Rory's youth then she had Max and she ran away from Max Jason was Jason that was a different story but you know, she ran from Max and then this happened with Luke and oh my gosh, it's all my fault. Like I'm broken. Like, I think she has this, she has this, she obviously has this, this, this image of herself as being non-functional in a, in like a, a romantic commitment type of way. So to me, I think she never really learned how to grow up in that aspect of her life. Like she, grew up with her daughter that's the whole whole point of the show is it's mother and daughter who are more friends than they were mother and daughter 
So I think there's a whole part of there's a whole part of Lorelai's life and mat- and you know emotional maturity that she just didn't she didn't nurture. And this and I, this this episode and this breakdown is a very good example of that. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think she's definitely lost in certain aspects of her life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think she's always prided herself on being really strong. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a it's a common theme in the show of like she did what she had to do with a baby at 16, like she worked, she fought, blah blah blah. Like we get it. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think at the end of the day, when all is said and done, like you you fought and you you you've held yourself together really, really well. And something as minimal, like compared to everything else you've on, gone through, something as minimal as having a breakup is like the time where you're gonna break down, you know. Uh, yeah, but I, I I also don't fault her very much because the way I see it, it's kind of it's not her breakdown is not just about the fact that she and Luke have broken up. For mm-hmm. me, a lot of it is also because there's been a betrayal there. Um, like her mother orchestrated this. <laughs> Yeah. So obviously the forefront of her mind is the fact that Luke Luke doesn't want to be with her anymore. But I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking if it were me, it would also be like, my mother did this to me. Yeah. Like, my mother invited this spineless baked potato to her (laughs) wedding. That's Christopher, by the way. Um, and like, and you know, I you can even hear it when she's talking to Luke, where she says, Rory warned me, but I didn't listen. So I also think she's really internalized that as well because she's like, see, my daughter told me and I didn't fucking listen. Yeah. She's also just really mad at herself too, you know? Yeah, there's a whole, like I said, there's a whole facet of Lorelai's life that she didn't, like she just didn't acknowledge because she was too busy. Like you said, she prided herself on being strong. She prided herself on pulling it together and figuring out as she went. And I think, I think, a lot. I think she's also upset with herself for all the times in like let's say in the last five seasons that she's managed to let her mother back in and yeah like, so I think there, I think when you say she's obviously mourning a relationship and she's just devastated and betrayed feels betrayed over what her mother could do and her mother caused this with no regard for her own feelings mm-hmm. um, I think it has to I think a lot of those tears probably belong to a feeling of this is like, I, I I should have never let my mother back in my life. This is why I ran, you know? Yeah, I think, I don't think you're wrong. I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that like, she keeps, she keeps getting sucked into her mother's orbit kind of thing. Yeah. And you know, when she's telling Luke, like, that's it, it's over. Like, I'm, they're not going to be in my life anymore. And Luke's like, what are you talking about? Of course, they're going to be in your life. It's your mother, you know? Yeah. Um, but and she's just like adamant that no it's not happening like i i believe her i think she's also really fed up with her mother yeah. you know? um whether or not you can actually do that is something else but like i believe her when she says she wants at least wants to be done with her because i'm sorry that's a huge betrayal i've said it before like i said it when she was trying on the wedding dresses and emily freaked out i said it last episode where she's like oh that's nice <laughs> where Lorelai was like yeah I do want to get married I I don't understand how you look at your child that happy and are like I gotta fix this mm, I know 
or ruin this as it were. But I do want to point out something that I'm sure you picked up on, but um, I want to stress this, this line in particular, um, where she, when she's basically pleading with Luke in the supermarket to give, to give their relationship another chance. She refers to Christopher as being weak. Yep. Everyone hear that. He <laughs> 100% you, is. If you didn't catch that, please go watch the episode in the scene where she's in the, she's in Dosti's market with Luke pleading for their relationship. She refers to Christopher as being weak in reference to that's why Emily went after him. Yeah, so, he's weak. He's easily manipulatable. Is that it? Sure. <laughs> sure, let's go with that. But yeah, he's he's he can be molded. He doesn't have a spine. Yeah. He just does whatever people tell him to do. Shit stuffer. <laughs> Shit stuffer. Yeah, I love it. But yeah, but you know, even in even um, you know, when when at the wedding at the vow renewal where um she's kind of gathering her stuff and she's really angry and cousin Marilyn finds her to go take the picture. Yeah. And Christopher is like, this isn't how I wanted it to go down. I wanted to get you alone. Okay, stalker. <laughs> oh. Like, you didn't even know this existed last week. Don't tell her you had a plan. <laughs> he had no plan. He just, Emily was like, you you have one chance. Do it now. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, he's winging his entire life. Like, ugh. Anyways, I just, he's the worst. He's the he worst. It was similar to the way in which she showed up at Yale and was wanting to make amends with Rory and just had no regard for her own schedule or. Yeah, he's not a planner. No, and just like he's... when he was like, play hooky with me. And then, oh, they, have, they don't have bells here? Like, no, fuck. Ugh. You and the fucking bells. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he just, he doesn't plan things. He's not a, he, like there's been, so many examples in the show where you uh, you when you really sit down and think about it he is very much a spur of the moment person doesn't think of consequences doesn't think of like how what he says and does affects the other people around him like let me just blurt out let's get married in season one you know uh, let me just show up at Yale gonna... and whatever ha happens, happens. You know, like, he just doesn't care. Yeah, I was going to say cough, <laughs> season seven, cough. <laughs> oh, okay, we're not going there right now, sir. No, I don't want to trigger. I don't want to trigger you and everybody else. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be triggered. <laughs> yeah, like, he just, he's not, he's not the type of person to think things through. Mm -hmm. and, um, and the problem with that is, uh, it it's fine when you're it's just you right mm -hmm. like you want to live your life like that no problem do what you do what you want but the problem was that you like you had a daughter growing up and you didn't give a shit and yeah. you roll into her life whenever you want when things weren't going well in california or you know now all of a sudden you're dating somebody new who thinks that you should be more involved okay like invite her to the baby show like this lifestyle doesn't work when you have other people depending on you. Yeah. You know, so, um, fuck you. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, we don't see Christopher for a while after this. Good. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm happy about that. Cause like, he always seems to do his damage and then leave. Uh -huh. uh, 
last week's episode of um that we did the podcast two weeks ago and the newsletter there it was the 100th episode as you will recall mm-hmm. and um amy sherman palladino had done a bunch of press obviously surrounding the 100th episode um talking about you know the show its impact what we're gonna get to see uh you know it's a big we talked about it last week it's a big milestone to reach 100 episodes so she was understandably doing a lot of press at the time and we talked about in the newsletter how she talked about christopher at the time do you remember this yes do you remember what she said um i remember reading what you wrote (laughs) um you you should share it (laughs) yeah well i'm just gonna share it because i feel like it's the it's everything that every fan thinks i feel like when we're talking about christopher and when he makes his appearances but it was just confirmed and everyone feels vindicated probably so she said christopher will be here for the wedding then he'll be gone for a while he'll show up for another couple of episodes around may i guess at the time whatever whenever we feel like lorelei's life is getting too good we give christopher a call Uh he's always going to be rory's dad and he's always going to be in love with lorelei so he remains a complication in her life from the mouth of the creator, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. <laughs> like, thank you for confirming what we all already knew. And to think there are people who actually like his character and or ship him and Lorelai when he was literally created as a virus. Yeah, he was he he was literally created like just to shake up the plot. Yeah, exactly. Essentially. Like, what are we doing, guys? <sighs> He's the worst. Yes. Enough, enough, enough about him until. Yeah, I don't want to spend. I was about to say I don't want to spend any other time on Christopher. Um, I want to talk about the. Um. Well, I want to talk about Lorelai and Luke, but I want to talk about the way the breakup went down. Okay. Because Lorelai comes back to Stars Hollow. She goes to the movie theater to see him. Mm -hmm. And he says, "I just need time." Right. So. Do you think that's fair that he said that? Yeah, and that I think in that moment after what had happened at the wedding, it's the same night she's chased him down. She's he's he was he was in his right to say, I need some time just to to process and to be by myself. I think that was I think that was fine. Did Lorelai respect that? No. Well, so here's the thing. Then Lorelai goes to work and she's having a conversation with Suki, and Suki is um, you know, being understanding, being the best friend. I really can't fault Suki in this situation. Um, but Lorelai is telling her that he said he needed time. And Suki's like, oh, so vague. I hate when men do that. <laughs> and I'm like, I think it's pretty understandable that he needs time after all this happened. Yeah, I don't know. I think. Like, you're not going to be able to say, like, I need 23.4 hours and then I'll be OK. Like, no, that's not how it works. I don't know how much time I need. I just need time to think and to process. Yeah, and I don't know considering that it was at let's just say for argument's sake it was at Lorelai's hand that he was hurt or yeah, at her yeah. fa- like at her family's hand I like if I were Lorelai then I'd be like okay you're I hurt you let me give you some space and we'll regroup when when you want to or when or like I would give it some time like you know what I would I would say balls in their court if I you know so. Yeah, so I agree. I think 
because I think in the moment she does the right thing. He's like, I need time. And she says, okay, you'll call me. And he says, yes. And she gets up and she leaves as much as, you know, when she looks back, she's obviously hurt and she doesn't want to leave it at that. But in that moment, she's respecting what he's saying. Right. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm going to give him time. That's what he needs, whatever. And then the next morning she goes to work. She's trying to keep her mind off of things and she's giving him time. She's giving him space, whatever, you know? So mm -hmm. I think up until that point, it's fine. But then she sees the ribbons, which we're going we're gonna to talk about Taylor in a second. Mm. But she sees the ribbons and she's like, the town is going nuts and she's in her head, I think. And what I think happens is she pushes him too far. Yeah. And I remember watching this for the first time and I thought, if you had just given him time. Yeah. I don't think they would have broken up if he was the one to call her. No, exactly. Considering that at the end of the episode, he comes running when she, when he hears this this deranged message. So I think if he if he was if he was done with her and had stopped caring, he wouldn't have come running. So yeah, I think yeah, Lorelai definitely got two in her head, like you said, and I don't think it was necessarily the. I'm gonna wait. I won't. I won't blame it on on Taylor and making everyone pick sides, which honestly outraged me more watching this for analysis than it does anytime I watch it for pleasure. Yeah, of course. I don't think I won't. I'm not going to place any blame or fault on that in this in this moment. But I think Lorelai was all, was already feeling really insecure about having to wait until like wait until he wants to talk on his terms. And I kind of understand because she was the one who caused it. Like if only I could, if only he would listen right now, I can say my piece and we can resolve this. That I understand. And I think just having some kind of visualization of pink and blue ribbons and people being like, and then people picking sides and Gypsy saying pink power or whatever, or whatever she says to her. Yeah. Um, I think that just kind of led her to not be able to choke down how she was feeling. Well, yeah, it's a complete, it's, it's such a glaring, like in your face depiction of their breakup, you know? Yeah. Which is like, like literal divide. <laughs> Yeah, and obviously that's for comedic effect and Taylor Dosen needs a hobby as Rory so Rory so eloquently puts it later. But to me it's 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 just it's it's so insensitive, first of all, and it's just so and I and I know it's about perverse because Yeah. Especially cool. especially because you see yeah, it's cruel and you see obviously when you're when you're analyzing how painful it is for both characters and then the stupid ass town is like oh pick sides between the inn owner and the diner owner like please please i don't yeah. hobby doesn't even doesn't even cover it just go get an exorcism i don't care just get a life yeah i mean it's it's so tailor though like when you're watching it for pleasure you're just like a oh, fucking tailor you know and you don't really think too much of it mm. um and that whole scene with gypsy is actually really funny if you break it down yeah. Uh she's like, I'm obviously picking you because you give me business. Yeah. Um so that to me is pretty funny. Mm -hmm. But um when we're talking about the way Lorelai and Luke see it, mm -hmm. yeah, it's cruel from their perspectives. And I would understand why Rory's also hurt, you know? <laughs> like yeah. um you know, I'm dealing with my own internal shit and you're, you, you've, you've painted the town in green and blue ribbons. It's really bad. 
yeah, as if to kind of trivialize their breakup or their separation, whatever you want to call it, into, ooh, let's pick sides. Especially uh, since, you know what? Especially since, like, we're meant to believe that the whole town knew that they were meant for each other. Yeah. And that they were, like, soulmates. So now... So why wouldn't why wouldn't you root for both of them? To exactly. Get why wouldn't you... Yeah, why wouldn't... Instead of spending all your efforts and time in picking sides and showing people whose side you're on... Like, why wouldn't you just come together and try to get them back together? Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's, it, it obviously didn't help matters. Um, And I think, I think when Rory sees them and like tells them, take piano lessons, like um, she's, I think she's just come from her mother, seeing her mother like have an actual breakdown and she's never seen that before to be like, this is obviously not helping you fucking dingus. I know. You know, um, at that point, I don't think Luke really gives a shit. It's just another crazy town thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Who do you, which side do you think Mrs. Kim would be on? I think Mrs. Kim would just, you 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 would approach Mrs. Kim in the street, asking her to pick a side, and she'd be like, "Would not have the time of day for you." Yeah. Just you would just swing her swing her head and keep on walking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I was trying to imagine like what everyone, whose side everyone would be on. Yeah. And I was starting to think like all the restaurant owners would obviously be on Lorelai's side because by Gypsy's logic, she gives them the most business. Yeah. You know, and now that she's not going to Luke's 14 times a day, like her business is available. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was thinking. I'm like, bookstore can go to Lorelai because Rory was probably their biggest customer. Even then, like, I don't like there's that there's that perspective. And there's also the perspective of business owners would side with the other business owner. Oh, yeah, there could be that, too. Like, I would easily see Andrew siding with Luke just because yeah, but a business owner. Yeah, true. I would just see Andrew siding with Luke because did they did they go to high school together? I think they did. I think so, yeah. I think Bootsy would side with Lorelai just to spite Luke. Yeah, because he he and he and Luke were high school rivals. So exactly. He stomped on his clay handprint. Poor baby. <laughs> Bootsy. That and being I, that being said, I just had a I just had a, a a mental glimpse of a few episodes down the line where Kirk is trying to get everybody to return their ribbons and he frantically chases Lulu down the street and yeah. in an attempt to retrieve the ribbon that she wants to keep because she likes pink and she goes like Ow! pink Kirk <laughs> like pink yeah I know I remember that it's gonna be funny when that happens um okay let's talk about the psychotic voicemail okay <laughs> do you know when men are like yo my ex is crazy <laughs> and like 99.4% of the time you're like what did you do yeah because she's not crazy mm-hmm. this is the other 0.6% of the time where I'm like nope she's crazy yeah sadly that message I, I can't even begin to like sweetie no just hang up <laughs> like that message so first of all she's rambling about the movie the way we were have you seen that movie? I have. Have you seen it? Yeah. Okay. I saw it once. I was... Once is enough, let's be honest. Yeah, I wasn't... I'm going to say underwhelmed. I, I watched it when I was 16. 
I was kind of, I might say bored. I was in a, I was trying, I was trying to determine whether I could become a Barbara gay, as I say, uh-huh. um, which I wasn't. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I actually, I, I actually only really wanted to see the way we were because um, there's a, a scene in another movie that I really love where they where the characters are watching it. So I was like, oh, I should pursue that movie. And, and it's fine. It, I think it's good for its era. I, I, I don't have, I don't have, I'm kind of indifferent to it. Yeah. Um, it's apparently like been voted one of the greatest love stories of all time. Which yeah, it's a it's a good love story. I I wasn't really compelled by it, but I'm sure if people who came of age with it in the '70s, they probably have a bit more of an attachment to it than people from from my generation. Yeah, and what do you think of the song? Nah, <laughs> I don't yeah. really love Barbara as a singer either. So I don't love Barbara as a singer either, and the song I think is just ugh. Anyways, but yeah, <laughs> um. But yeah, so she's essentially reciting the entire fucking movie to him. Which I would do too, but not in that moment. <laughs> like I can recite any number of, of movies to you where I'm like, I, I can I can describe this feeling I'm having right now to a really niche particular moment in a movie that I really love that you haven't seen and don't give a shit about. But Laura, this is not the time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what... So I think that's her... You know when we talk about rock bottom, like hitting rock bottom? <laughs> That's it. I think, yeah, this moment of realization where she's like left her message, mm-hmm. she hangs up. I'm like, oh, girl, you've hit your rock bottom. And then she gets up and goes and breaks into his house and takes this cassette. <laughs> and I'm like, nope, sorry, I apologize. This is your rock bottom. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm. I kind of commend her for hanging up the phone, realizing, oh crap, I yeah, what did I just do? I cannot let anybody else on this planet hear that message. Yeah, but. You know, good on Luke for hearing it and coming running. Like, I think he could tell that she was in distress leaving this message. So, I mean, distress. Is it? I don't know what to make of it. Because he's, she's saying, like, come over, please come over. And the way she says it, she's like, please come over. And, like, she's obviously crying. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't think any regular man would have come over. Yeah, it's hard to... I don't know. That's why I feel like he heard... I think he heard and recognized something in her voice that just wasn't okay and was like... You know, like when you hear someone's in crisis, you you can tell and you're like, you're concerned. Yeah. Um, And like, if I may... Um, a few weeks ago over text I could kind of tell Eleni was in a bit of a crisis so I gave her a call that evening just to check in because I, little... I cried like a baby because I was a little concerned so you and everybody um... else honey <laughs> so you know I think you, when you're cl- like obviously as Luke and Lorelai have such a strong bond even before they got together I think you can tell that with people you're close to like when you know, when something's not right, you and you want to act on that impulse. I'm, I'm just think, I think in my head, like Luke heard that message and was like, okay, I, I, like she, I don't, she doesn't sound like she's in a very good place, a very good headspace, you know. So, yeah, I don't yeah. Know, that's how I see it. Yeah. Um. Do you know this is not the first time that Gilmore Girls has referenced the way we were? That sounds familiar. Tell me when else they they referenced it. Oh, well, in season one, where Lorelai is trying to guess Dean's secret. Uh-huh. And she says to him, is it that you secretly wanted Robert Redford to dump his wife and children for Barbara Streisand? 
Right. <laughs> it's like he's never seen the way we were. No. Sadly. Yeah. Which does not surprise me, but anyways. No. Honestly, if you haven't seen it at this point, nah. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing special. There's been thousands of movies since that are probably better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like I said, I'm, I'm indifferent. I don't I don't think it's bad. I, I don't love it. I, I'm, I'm I like not, to I, cry though. Yeah, and I think it's that's what I mean. I think it's women of a certain generation who came of age at that time. You know, like I feel like it's the same. It's just the same demographic of women who loved the movie Love Story, which I have not seen and don't intend to, just based on clips of extraordinarily bad acting. No tea, no shade. Just mm-mm. that whole scene of. Love means never having to say you're sorry or whatever the quote is. It's just one big no from me. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, um, I don't know. A lot of people cry at that movie, but yeah, I was also underwhelmed, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to Rory's part in this episode. My first note, honestly, about Rory, I have brought like a whole page of, other stuff that was happening in the episode and um my first note about rory was could honestly care less about logan and we're in this, in this episode meaning, yeah this episode is not good for them yeah meaning in terms of everything else that's going on that we've spent all of our time so far discussing this week logan and rory is just a mm, i don't really care yeah so i think they needed to do something because again, like they left things so uncertain at the vow renewal, mm-hmm. but like they needed to give the viewers like a tidbit after giving them this kiss, right? Yeah. Uh, but in terms of like moving along their relationship, I don't think it really does anything for them. No, if anything, like the drama caused by um, Rory and Logan at the wedding for Rory's life. It kind of it kind of like influenced and inspired like Paris to kind of be there as a friend, which I I liked just how they were like when they're sitting in the cafeteria and they end up calling Janet and the other girl whose name I don't recall. Does she have a name? Althea. Uh, Althea, yes. Um so I don't know. I liked I liked how it kind of gave Rory a, a, an excuse to reach out for help I find a lot of times she'll just internalize her her problems and only talk to her mom but I think this was not a, this was not a good time to bring up your love life with your mother so um. yeah so <laughs> I also wrote in my notes that I really really love this episode for giving us um Paris and Rory interactions without drama yeah so we used to get a lot of that back in when they were in high school in the Chilton years right like having them walk down the hall together and just talk and like Paris being sarcastic and Rory talking her down. I kind of miss those moments and you don't realize you miss them until you get one very rarely. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, I miss this. Yeah. Like them just interacting and like talking. And I also really like the fact that, um, like you said, talking to the girls, but Rory's never been one to talk boy problems. No. Um, even when she occasionally used to with Lane, like it didn't feel, um, what's the word? Like it just, it, it wasn't very like sisterhood girl talk. You know what I mean? Considering that, um, to borrow a term from Lorelai, Rory's first boyfriend was Andy Hardy. And then her second boyfriend 
was kind of something that Rory didn't really like discussing because everyone else just pointed out how shitty he was to her. So there wasn't, if anytime there was an opportunity to have boy girl talk with her friends, it just, it, it was a, not gonna say a dead end, but like anytime, like you said, anytime she talked about it with Lane, it was just, okay, this happened. And yeah, well, it's also the, the nature, I think, of the relationships when you're talking, like when you're 16 years old and you're talking about like a guy liking you and kissing you, it's different than when you're in college and there's these different dynamics of like, hooking up and you know living in a dorm <laughs> and does he like me we're casually dating you know like there's just different dynamics too you know and sadly I think in terms of discussing it with Lane I think um Rory and Lane are just in, are in such different places in, in their lives right now where it, it doesn't affect their friendship their their bond is still there it's more so I I I've, I get the sense that like from season five on uh, Rory doesn't like necessarily talking to Lane as much about her college uh, drama because not to say that Lane wanted to be where Rory was necessarily, but I think I don't know. I, I find there's there's a bit of a disconnect, and Rory picks up on it. Yeah, so I think um, I I agree. Mm-hmm. I think on Rory's end, it's difficult to talk about college just college in general with Lane Um, because I think even Rory kind of realizes how much Lane's path has diverged. Yeah. So, you know, and I think maybe a part of her maybe also realizes that how is Lane going to help her with certain things, you know, Mm -hmm. like, which I'm not saying is right or wrong. I think you should be able to talk to your friends about anything, but more of a sense like how is Lane gonna re- relate to my problems of casually dating this guy when she's like living with the her bandmate who's also her boyfriend you know yeah exactly um, so I don't necessarily think that it's a good thing I just think that maybe Rory internalized that somehow and is like well I'm not gonna bother Lane with this shit because number one I don't think she can be able to help me and number two it's like well she's doing her own thing you know yeah um but whereas with Paris and these other girls, so Janet was her roommate last year also, by the yeah. way. Um, I don't know where they pulled Alfia out of, but like, um, you know, with, with Paris, who's kind of also dealing with the same stuff, they're, they take a lot of the same classes. Um, you know, they're living in the same space. It's the same environment. So I feel like she maybe has a closer connection with her when it comes to talking about stuff like that. Um, but I've always felt this show regardless of how um like girl power it is it's always been lacking like big group talks like this yeah you know like getting together with a group of girlfriends and just talking about your problems Mm -hmm. um we get a glimpse of it in a couple of episodes where lane rory and paris have a chat but even then it's not a driving force no of course not but i mean i really really love that scene um because that's what girlfriends are you're supposed to be able to talk to your friends about these kinds of things you know so when when Paris asked the girls, you know, he said he'll call me and he hasn't called me because Paris is having problems with Doyle. Um, and they're like, did he say call you later or see you later? <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? I wouldn't know how to parse this apart either, you know? No. <laughs> um, because see you later, call you later. Who cares? He hasn't fucking called me. Yeah. Um, you know, and then Rory kind of was like, oh, well, maybe I have something to ask too. Um. 
I don't know. I just like the dynamic of a group of girls talking. And that's, I think, something that was missing in Gilmore Girls. There was always these one-on-one -on -one talks that weren't um, always reciprocal. Yeah. So. And sadly, I think it's because um, a lot of that dynamic was reserved for Lorelai and Rory. And yeah, exactly. There's only, and at the same time, there's only so much that a mother and daughter can discuss, even when they're more best friends than anything. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think the from seasons, let's say four and a half on, mm -hmm. I think even Rory realizes that there's certain things she can't. I mean, she always could, like Lorelai wouldn't judge her. Maybe she would a little bit. But I mean, I think there's just certain things that you need to talk to your your peers about and not your parent about, mm -hmm. no matter how friendly you are with your parents, you know? Yeah. Like, can you imagine being like, mom, you know, after you walked in on us yesterday, he still hasn't called me. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would rather ask Paris than Lorelai for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, I have to ask you a question now. Okay. So Janet and Althea suggest to Rory mm. that she calls Logan. Well, first they say she has to be the one to reach out because he, he might think she's too much drama. Um, yeah. and then they tell her, they suggest to her that she should use the phrase hanging out. Mm. So does hanging out to you suggest something casual um yes depending on the person obviously because if logan and rory have already kind of been linked romantically as they have i think just saying hey want to hang out like obviously it is implying that i'm interested in seeing you we've already kind of had a little something something <laughs> um <laughs> That was the whitest thing you've ever said. <laughs> so to me, saying hangout is, is casual. Yes, in answer to your question. But because they've already had something more, I think that that lingers. There's there's always there's gonna there's a sense of you want to see me because you're interested in me. Okay. Do you think if somebody were to call you and be like, hey, do you want to hang out? Do you think it's a group thing or an individual thing? Ugh, this, this just like brings me back to high school crap. And well, because um, that's the issue, right? In this episode, like Rory calls him to tell him, Do you want to hang out? And he's like, Really? Like he's super surprised. Uh -huh. And then he invites her over to his apartment, his apartment, his dorm room. And there's a bunch of people there. And she's obviously very disappointed that he invited her to like a group thing. Yeah, so I think there's two sides to this. First of all, I will say from my perspective and experience, I personally could not stand when like someone at school invited me like to their house or out to do something more sort of like their house because um, obviously when you're going out, you're not just going to like, you, you can go out somewhere with a group of people, but more so like, when you come, like when you invite someone to their house, it's kind of left open ended as to how many people are going to be there. I didn't like ever assume like you're just inviting me because we we always had that group of friends. But I don't know. It bothered me when it was like I would get there and I'm like, this is more than I bargained. This is more than I was willing to commit to. You know, it's like I, I am very careful about my alone time. So yeah. if I'm if I'm sacrificing it for you, then I has to be worth it and. 
let's just you know what blanket statement it mostly wasn't but in the case of Rory and Logan I think so Rory can't really Rory doesn't, Rory doesn't really have the right to be upset that other people were there mm-hmm. because hang like the term hanging out is definitely casual and you know it's his place there was you know we didn't we didn't establish that so I don't think she has the right to be upset maybe she could be like a little put off or surprised yeah. like yeah disappointed yeah disappointed let's that let's use that word um but doesn't have really a right to you know be upset because hanging out doesn't imply something set in stone like oh I want to hang okay come by he could have for all she knew he could have already had people over when she when he called uh, when she called so so then wouldn't you tell her that we're talking about logan yeah i know but i'm just thinking like if i call you and i'm like you want to hang out and you're mm-hmm. like and you're about to have people over yeah and you're like yeah i'd love because his whole thing at the end was like i wanted to see you obviously so then say that you idiot say like yeah i want to see you but i'm having people over tonight you can come Mm. or you know we can do something else another day listen dish this is why i have two friends okay like i can't deal with this with this garbage that's why i say it brings me back to high school like i haven't done i i i bowed out from this social garbage i can't i can't deal with it i'm just trying to get a new perspective relax relax nobody's nobody's asking you to hang out everybody relax no but no i see what you mean like it would definitely it would definitely bother me if like you said, he didn't, he could have disclosed earlier. He was having people over. You're welcome to come by, which well, he yeah, didn't that's say. The thing, because if somebody says, if I call somebody, even a friend and I'm like, Hey, you want to hang out tonight? They're like, Oh, mm-hmm. sorry. I'm having people over, but you're welcome to come, you know? Yeah. Oh, or, or they tell you, Oh yeah, come on by. And then you get there and there's a bunch of people over. Obviously I'm going to be not pissed, but I'm going to be like, well, why don't you just tell me that there's people coming over? Like I want to yeah. tell you. <laughs> So part of me thinks this was a test on Logan's part. Like Logan was testing Rory by inviting her over while he was playing poker with his male friends, because based on the, based on like his demeanor and his facial expressions in their final scene in the episode where he's like, so we can only see each other when we have, when you want to have sex. Like he's kind of. I have a whole other thought about that, that, that's speech i guess if you want okay. to. um he i no i think he was testing her in the in the sense that okay you want to hang out like i'm hanging out already with people here like i think we already established that logan senses something in rory that he likes and is kind of very introverted and in her comfort zone i think this might be a a, a test on his part to see if he can get her out of her comfort zone or do you I think he, it's maybe a test to see if she was really serious about wanting to casually date him? I think both. Like, I think it was to see, like, how she would react. I don't know if it, probably not that deep. But <laughs> I think he might have thought, oh, I'm already hanging out. Like, you're welcome to come by. He didn't say it in so many words. I think just based on the fact that he didn't say that, I feel it might have been purposeful that he didn't say that on the phone. And then when she came by, I think he was trying to test her based on like her social her her social skills, let's say, and also, um, as you said, the way in which he, should they want to be together. Like, 
hangout is casual. And he, I'm sure when he heard the words hangout, it was like, oh, casual. Okay. Like come by, you know, let's be casual. I feel like just in his facial expressions and demeanor, it was, what do you mean? Like, I'm not being strange. You know, I think, <laughs> I think he was, uh, I think he was doing it on purpose. Huh. Interesting. I get that vibe from him. Like, I think why would you know, and I think, I, I think I get that vibe. It's, it's, it's something that I recognize in terms of like, I'm, I'm similar to Rory in that for lack of a better term, I don't know, like I'm square, I guess you can say in terms of, like I said, I have two friends. Like I don't do, like, I don't, I don't go places very often. I haven't done like a, I don't do hangouts. I don't have a group of friends like that anymore since high school. I just, that's not my vibe. So I feel like other people can kind of sense that in me sometimes and they'll just kind of like leave breadcrumbs and say to like get me to do something because they can sense it'll be out of my comfort zone and have this like smirk on their face and it's like that's why I don't vibe with it because I'm like you know what I like my life is my life don't 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 touch you know so I think (laughs) I think I think Logan was doing something like that where he was he could sense it casually hanging out is not something that Rory is is familiar with and or well-versed in, you know? So he heard the, he heard her calling saying, Hey, want to hang out? He's like, Oh, interesting. You want to hang out? Let's try that. This is what hanging out means to me. Can you handle it? That's what I get from it. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. I mean, so there's that whole speech at the end where he's like, you know, my options were like, I wanted to see you, so he, he tells her, like, I either would have not seen you at all or you come over, you know, kind of thing. Like, to him, it's just so simple. You want mm-hmm. to hang out, we're hanging out, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Whereas for her, even though, like, this casual dating thing is still very new, she's still stuck in her ways of, like, if I'm asking you to hang out, it's because I'm romantically, like, liking you and I want it to be just the two of us. Exactly. And that's what I mean. Like, I feel like he can sense that that's what she means. That's what she's looking for. And he- He's like, oh, you want to so hang like, out? So do you think he's like pushing her away? No, I feel like I no. Ugh, I'm trying now. I'm, uh, I feel like he is. He's he's kind of extending some kind of olive branch in that he can recognize she's trying to be on his like to play his. Oh, game. I see what you're saying. Like he's he's thinking like, oh, she's she's asking me to hang out. Like this is my language. I'm I'm casual. We're casually dating. Yeah. And but he, like, but he, but he also knows that she's not a casual dater. So you know what I mean. Right. So he's, he can sense that she's trying to play his game. So he's like, okay, let's play. Can you handle it? And that's right, why at right. the end he's like, oh well, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I think also like maybe the fact that he invited her over and there was other people too. Um, maybe he wanted to kind of um, like put her at ease a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because the last time they saw each other, things got very complicated. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, let's hang out as a group, see how things go. Like, I'm going to be playing poker. She's going to come over or whatever, you know. Um, But then that speech at the end kind of bothered me. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm a Logan fan, for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. Not so crazy about Logan in season five. There's a bunch of stuff that he does that are douchey, um, as we said last week. But the thing... Um, this the speech that he's giving her of like, um, uh, like you mentioned, well, we can only hang out if we're having sex, you know. 
Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, that's not what I meant. And then he's like, okay, so you agree that like a hangout is casual. Like it's almost as if he's like talking a lot to kind of confuse her and make her agree with what he's saying. Oh, he's absolutely gaslighting her. Just so yeah, <laughs> that's it. Like he's he's trying to make it's it's almost as if like when she walked in and she was clearly put off by the fact that there were other people at their like hangout. He was like, well, I like her and I don't want to, I don't like the fact that she's upset about this. Yeah. So it's like, I'm going to try and make it seem like this is what she wanted all along. Mm -hmm. Or like, this is what I took from it. And like, we're on the same page because the way she walked in there, she was like, well, here's your car. Thanks for helping. Ciao. You know, like he didn't want it to be over kind of thing. Yeah. But the way you went about it was awful. (laughs) Like, you completely gaslit her. Yeah, they're playing games. They're playing games. (laughs) And I mean, I guess this is what casual dating is. I don't know. Because that's the thing, is there's casual dating, and then there's Logan's casual dating. Yeah, two very different things. I think... That's what I mean. Like, Rory's trying to play his game because she's interested in him. And he's obviously interested in her based on what we heard at the wedding. So... I think, yeah, I think he was, I'm not going to say he was manipulating her necessarily, but he was definitely taking advantage of her interest in quote unquote, hanging out and seeing how far he could stretch that from, for her, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like we've talked this to death so much. Now we're just like, we're losing, words are losing their meaning. <laughs> yeah. We're just like going around in circles at this point, but I, I'm, it, it really bothered me. I was like, yeah, so you agree. Great. Bye. Yeah. It's like in Mean Girls. It's like, so you agree. Yeah. You think you're really pretty. Yeah. That's so funny. Oh, my God. Yes, it's true. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think um, I think this obviously isn't a great episode for them. And clearly it wasn't meant to be the focus of the episode. So who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't really do anything in terms of their relationship either like pushing it along no and honestly i get why they had to maybe they didn't have to but i get why they chose to include um some kind of follow-up to logan and rory's relationship status after what happened at the wedding yeah because the whole point of the wedding episode was like this happened between them and then this happened between lorelei luke and christopher so then the, the next episode would obviously be a continuation of both plot lines. And I, I would argue that this episode would have functioned fine if it had just kind of focused on um, mostly Lorelai and Luke in Stars Hollow and that drama. And then just Rory and Paris and then the other two girls like talking about what to do in terms of Lorelai, uh, in terms of Rory and Logan and then we, the next time we actually see them together is the next episode, you know? I think that would have worked just as well as as this. I, I think they could have postponed um, Rory and Logan's next sighting to, <laughs> together until the next episode. But at the same time, like, what would they have done? I don't know. Like, I think, ugh, I think, so I don't know. Like, what would the writers have done with, with Lorelai and Luke that they didn't give us, you know? Like, yeah, that's, no, that's exactly it. So there wouldn't have been, there couldn't have been any more to add. It would have just been more of Lorelai's crying in bed. So. I'm like, I have my own to deal with, girl. Like, leave me alone. 
and correct me if I'm wrong, isn't the next episode, episode 15, when Rory and Marty go out to dinner with Logan and his yes. friends? Okay, that, I'm going to have a lot of thoughts on that too, because that episode bothers me every single time. Anyway, <laughs> we'll put a pin in that. That's another can of worms. Um, I do have one other point about the whole Luke and Lorelai debacle. Mostly okay. this is from Luke. Most is from Luke's perspective, because like we said, this episode is very Lorelai heavy in terms of how mm. she's feeling, what she wants, what she's doing. So the whole dreaded cons, the whole dreaded quote of they're all in, he's all in, she's all in, right? We hear this several times throughout yeah. season five. So Laurel in the in Dosi's market, Lorelai is trying to convince Luke that she's all in. Just give me another chance. I won't seem like my parent, like my mother's out of my life. I'm never talking to her again. Like as if you're uh-huh. 16, saying I'm running away from my mother. I'm never talking to her again. Like it doesn't work like that. Um, but she keeps repeating, like I'm all in. You know, you said you're all in, and I'm also all in. Mm-hmm. So my question is, in terms of Mr. Danes. Was Luke really, quote unquote, all in, as he so has he put it to her at the restaurant on their first date, if he bolts at the first sign of hardship? And I'm not saying that Luke doesn't have reason in this scenario to be hurt or feeling some type of way and he needs time by himself to process and I'll call you when I'm ready. I totally support and agree with that. What I don't, and I think this is a major foreshadow and the first kind of appearance of Luke's own issues and com- like commitment issues and communication and trust issues is you literally told her, I guess well, it's been a couple of months now that they've been together, yeah. that I'm yeah. all in. This this thing between you and me, I'm all in. I'm sorry, to me, that implies that obviously not yet in sickness and in health because you're, ma- you're not getting married in the, at this point, but to me, when you say someone say to someone on their first date because you've been in this to and fro together for years, when you say I'm all in, to me that implies you're gonna fight for this relationship regardless of what happens. So again, I'm not saying that he didn't have reason to need a minute to gather his thoughts on what tell him what happened at the wedding. But what doesn't make sense to me or just rubs me the wrong way is that obviously yes, Lorelai was pressing him and poking and not letting not letting him have that time to himself but then he's like you know what i don't think i can do this okay so why did you say you're all in like to me that means you would fight and you're not fighting you're running away so yeah i think in the immortal in the immortal words of oprah winfrey what is the truth yeah well i think here's what i think i'm gonna say it again (laughs) um i think at that point luke's just really overwhelmed Mm mm-hmm um, it's no secret, like we've seen it time and time again on the show that he gets very overwhelmed. He has to focus on one thing at a time. He doesn't like too much, too many problems, he doesn't deal with drama very well. He's just he's a simple guy, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think the more he thinks about it, as demonstrated in that conversation with Lorelai, the more he's realizing that Lorelai comes with a lot. Uh-huh. A lot that he's not, at this point, equipped to handle. Yeah. Um, you're going to let me finish before you give me sass. <laughs> <laughs> Sir. 
continue. See, this is what I'm talking about. We can we we can sense each other's emotions. So either in in crisis or in bitchiness. Continue. But I think because you know he's talking about like he's never going to be out of your life. What are you talking about? He's Rory's dad, you know. And she's desperately trying to reassure him, and she's telling him, you know, fuck Richard and Emily, whatever. In so many words. Um. So for me this I'm all in thing obviously that's easy to say when you're at the beginning stages and you've just kissed the woman that you've been pining after for 10 years plus obviously you're, you have a little bit of delusion at that point okay you're like yeah I'm all in obviously I'm all in yeah <laughs> you know why wouldn't I be all in this is the woman I love whatever but then the realities of a relationship set in and either you underestimated your, her, for lack of a better word, baggage mm-hmm. and overestimated your relationship skills mm-hmm. and you realize that this I'm all in thing is, yeah, easier said than done. And don't cluck at me. My God. Do not cluck at me. <laughs> Continue. I'm just going to not make any noise over here. <laughs> and clucking like a chicken. Um, I lost my train of thought, honestly. <laughs> you were saying... Um... Yeah, look, all this to say, I think... Um, what I'm trying to say is that I kind of agree with you. I don't think that he anticipated I think he thought we're going into this relationship we both know what we want and that's each other and it's as simple as that Mm -hmm. when in reality nothing is simple like your problems aren't going to go away um you know like I said whether he underestimated how much baggage she comes with and overestimated how much he can handle that baggage Mm -hmm. like I don't think he ever thought Christopher was going to be this much of an issue but clearly it is I don't think he ever thought her parents would be this much of an issue, but clearly they are. Cause now he's had lunch or dinner or whatever with both of them and they're awful, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, so while I agree with you that I'm all in means like I'm ready, I'm ready to fight for this. I think that that is way harder to put into practice. Yeah. Okay. I guess, yeah, I definitely agree in terms of there are, there could have been aspects that he wasn't that he hadn't considered when saying I'm all in in terms of you know Christopher her parents etc I guess maybe my standards for them are a bit too high (laughs) based on how immature Lorelai can be and how shit at communicating trusting etc that Luke can be as as we see going forward um so I guess when I like when he said you know I'm all in to me I guess I'm thinking like you're both fully grown adults this is not like some teen soap opera this is two fully grown adults who have been pining over each other for years and you're fine together like to me in my head I'm like then act like adults in terms of you know okay there's family drama like I still love this woman I I'm going to not gonna might not make you like me in terms of Richard and Emily but you know I don't know I feel like I was just yeah but I think after look after being confronted with all of that in one night Mm-hmm. And then asking her to give you time and space, and then she doesn't do it. I think it's only normal that 
you're overwhelmed and sometimes you just blurt out whatever it is to blurt out because i kind of think like at the end when he goes to see her Mm -hmm. that he looked like a man he did not look like they were broken up yeah he looked like he was gonna go there see if she was okay and maybe that they were gonna talk but before they can do that she was like you'll never have to hear from me again i'm so sorry bye (laughs) you know so again it's a lot of them getting in their own way sometimes yeah but I also think it's just normal that he would react that way. Yeah. Like, there's only so much shit you can take. Like, he already got there early. They're talking about his wrinkled pants. Fucking Aunt Marilyn wants to marry him, make him a gardener. Uh, yeah. He's confronted with Christopher. Like, she tells him, she springs it at him at the bar, where he already feels out of place, that she went to see Christopher. But then Christopher starts talking about like when we were 16 and you wore that t-shirt and like we got Totsie twice. And you're like, shut up. <laughs> and then he's like confronted with this thing like with Rory. He's, you know, like he's been Rory's father figure. And then this idiot comes out of nowhere and he's like, get out of here. Rory's my daughter. And you're like, shut the fuck up. You know, like I would have been overwhelmed too. Yeah. I don't know. I totally agree with all of that in terms of it was a lot all at once and a bit more than he had mentally prepared himself for. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, I think, my, I think my standards are a bit too high in terms of you can, all of that can still happen. But I think honestly, not to, not to play the misogyny card, but I think in terms of all that drama, like we said, was, more or less caused by Lorelai. Like she chose not to tell him. Like she could have, there were a lot of things that, there were a lot of hiccups that could have been prevented until now and what happened at the wedding if Lorelai had not been a little sissy pants about it. So I think, I think adult relationships are complicated and Lorelai and Luke need to go to couples counseling. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Like they were clearly. So I keep coming back to that scene in the vow renewal where they were, where Aunt Marilyn's like, we need to find Rory. And she goes, okay, let me go find her. Mm-hmm. And then Luke says, I'll come with you. And then they walk and Luke is like, we need to talk, you know? And she's like, I know, I know. I'm sorry. Let me find her. And then we'll talk. They were going to be okay. Yeah. You know, like he was obviously upset, but he did dance with her, you know, like he was he was just feeling upset because that talk with Christopher had happened, you know, they were mm. going to be OK. And I can't help but be like super mad at Lorelai. I mean, like if we just, just given him more time. Yeah, exactly. Dingus. <sighs> it is what it is. And at this point, I have to remind myself these people are fictional. Yeah. And it's going to be okay. <laughs> Yeah, I have a triv. I have a trivia question for oh, you. Oh, tell me. You're probably gonna know it. <laughs> so my question is, do you know the name of the movie that Luke was watching, or do you remember the name of the movie that Luke was watching in the um the movie theater when Lorelai finds him? Of course I do. Course I do. <laughs> and it and is. And free. Yeah. So I remember. I remember when I first watched this episode. Um look like looking up the movie and then of course didn't remember the name so every other time i watched it, i was like uh what was that movie again um even though like it's in the like i've seen the episode countless times 
Um, nothing really remarkable about the movie itself. I just looked it up and was like, maybe there's some fun facts I can share. Sadly, no, it's just a movie from 1936. I mean, have you seen it? No, I haven't. <laughs> well, Is it good? <laughs> I mean, I liked it. Yeah. But I don't know. I like old timey movies. Yeah, I don't like I don't mind it's, them. It's on the relatively short side for an old timey movie. Okay. A lot of them like drag on, but yeah. I don't mind them. I think I have to have to be I have to be like particular about which ones I'm gonna watch just because I find I like I'll record a bunch of old movies that I've never seen before off of like TCM and I'll keep them on our PVR for a really long time. And sometimes I'll be like, I'm gonna knock these all out in a series of nights and I'm like now I have a headache from watching way too many black and white movies with really poor sound editing. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm like, let's just, if I'm going to watch a black and white movie, let's make sure it's a good one because my brain can only take so many. Yeah. Um, that movie uh, stars Carol Lombard. Yes. Who I think is just gorgeous. And William Powell. Yeah. But Carol Lombard actually died really, really young. I think like 31 or something. I know so many of them from that era die really. I young. know it's really really sad, but um, yeah. Same with, Jean, really same with Jean Harlow. Yeah, just gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. But yeah. Anyways. Oh, you were correct. She died when she was thirty-three. Oh, thirty-three. Well, yeah. Sad. What did she? Let's see what she died from. <laughs> I think she died of in a plane crash, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, yeah, I think you're right. Yes, in the early morning hours of January 16th, 1942, Lombard, her mother, and uh, someone else, oh, her press agent, Otto Winkler, boarded, <laughs> boarded a plane, aboard an aircraft to return to California from uh, somewhere. <laughs> they were coming back from somewhere to California, okay. and they were fueled in Las Vegas, et cetera, et cetera. Um, after they were fueled, they crashed into a mountain. No, a lot. I don't even. Okay, we're going way off topic here. <laughs> they crashed southwest of the North, of Las Vegas airport. All twenty-two aboard were killed. Sadly. Mm, yeah. So sad. Anyways. Anything else for this episode? <laughs> I think we're good. I think um, filler, not filler. I don't know, but yeah. Lots of lots of uh, character dynamics. For sure. And um, not used to seeing Lorelai the way I saw Lorelai. No. Go to therapy, sweetie. Please. <laughs> Everyone in that show needs therapy, let's be honest. Yeah, I can pass out some cards. Oh, wait. They're fictional. <laughs> yeah. um, where can they find us, Jeffrey? Uh, they can follow us across the interwebs on the socials. Um, on tweeters at Gilmore Podcast, on Instagram at Gilmore Girls Podcast. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Gilmore Girls Podcast. And should you so desire, you can email us gilmorepodcast at gmail.com. And that is all. We will see you in two weeks.